So one of my biggest fears is deciding I want to cook some beautiful meal and then I am chopping like onions or garlic and I just slice off the tip of my finger. I'm talking like it's on the cutting board. There's blood everywhere. And then I start thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm willing it into existence and it's only a matter of time that, you know, it's chopped right off. Well, that was pretty scary listening to Aubrey now talk about, you know, being ready to cook dinner for a spouse or a friend or a loved one or whatever. And uh, this fear of being in the kitchen and cutting off the tip of a finger nixes everything, ruins the date, ruins just everything. That's pretty deep. Hey, welcome to Your Weirdest Fears. I'm your host, Larry Mullins, and uh, Aubrey Howard, they're afraid of losing her finger while making dinner. First-time listeners, this podcast digs into fears like that and helps you find ways to move past them. Nearly a thousand people every day hurt in kitchen knife accidents. I mean, actually, on a serious note, thousands of people end up sometimes getting their fingers amputated because something went wrong in the kitchen. Lucky for us, Jay Fisher is here. He's in the business of knives. He's with us today. Jay, you've been a professional cutler for how long now? For 34 years, I made my first knife in 1979. Ever cut yourself? <laughs> what do you think? Never uh, too seriously. The worst cut I ever had required a couple stitches. But that's part of the, the drama of knife making. So, Jay, have you seen somebody actually lose a finger while cutting? No, but I did cut off the tip of my own finger one time, and just the skin, and was able to just flop it right back over and tape it up. Is it common to cut off the whole finger or just the tip? That would be really uncommon and difficult. Over 330,000 kitchen knife accidents happen a year. And I thought I read something where it says a sharp knife is safer than a dull knife. How is that? Break that out for me. First off, the amount of accidents. Well, yes, because a knife is the most used tool. It's our most ancient tool. So knives existed a million and a half years before fire did. So knives have been around for a very long time. We can't survive without knives. And uh, the reason that a, a sharp knife can be safer is that with a sharp knife, first off, there's a little level of respect. What happens in your mind is you think, oh my gosh, this thing is really sharp. I need to be careful. Secondly, and maybe, maybe more importantly, is the physics of it. If you have a dull knife, you're forcing it through foodstuffs or whatever you're cutting. You're actually, you have to apply more pressure and then all of a sudden it slips. And when it slips, it's a knife out of control heading somewhere where you don't want it to head. My thing is, you know, the, the dishwashing thing. Everybody uses a dishwasher from time to time, but every now and then I try to be, you know, I'm going to be, you know, save the water or whatever and I'll put knives in the sink underneath the soap, the suds, and I can't see what's going on underneath that. <laughs> That's funny you mentioned that because I just cut myself, oh gosh, five days ago on the same way. I had a bread knife and I had it good and sharp and I had forgot that I had dropped it in the water and then I went to pick it up and you can't see it. Sure enough, it bit me. The, the main thing I, I try to teach people with knives is that a knife is best not soaked or put in the dishwasher. It really is handy to have a brush at your sink. And then you can just hold the knife by the handle, brush, uh, dip your brush in soapy water and scrub that knife and your brush contacts the blade and you don't get anywhere near the blade. I never heard that. They always thought, you know, you take a wash rag, as we called it back in the day, and just and wipe down the blade or whatever. No, you don't want to do that. What happens is you're rubbing back and forth on the knife and it'll slice right through the cloth and right into your fingertips. I never thought about that. My brother, you just taught me something. Does a cutting board help? The composition of the board help with any of this? Sure. I always recommend wooden cutting boards. And the reason is is that is that for one thing, you're talking about slippage and safety. Well, if you're if you 
you have a knife and it's on a board that's slippery like plastics. So, so what'll happen is uh, you'll be cutting and it can slip and slide. Whereas a wooden board has a little more grippiness to it. Uh, it has open cells and it's porous. And actually, wooden boards are more sanitary than plastic boards. Well, you just taught me something else. I think you just cleaned out my whole kitchen. The knives, the boards. I have one of those plastic boards. Because it looks good. It matches the decor. It's black and all pretty in plastic. Yeah, they're fine. But they, they actually recommend that you bleach those periodically. You're, you're actually more... Here's the thing. is You're more probably more at danger from food poisoning than you are from serious cuts. Oh, my goodness. Bacteria live in little tiny crevices and in, in plastic cutting boards. They can get embedded in there. Let's let's veer back on subject now. What should you do if this happens? If you happen to cut off a tip, throw it away or try to preserve it or what? I want it sewn back on. So then I'm panicking about, do I have ice? Is it enough ice? How do I control the bleeding? Will I ever be able to cook again without being traumatized? What is generally recommended is that, uh, that you take a, a damp, cloth of some kind clean as possible but dampen it and wrap the the uh the piece of flesh around uh with that uh, damp cloth and then and then put it in a very cold environment uh, not frozen and that would be if i if that happened to me i'd put it in a in a um uh wrap it in a wet paper towel or a wet cloth of some kind and then put it in a plastic bag with ice in it that way the ice is not in direct contact with the tissue because that'll cause frostbite even on a tissue that's severed. It'll cause frostbite very pretty quickly. So, so and then get your butt to the ER. Aubrey's also worried uh, about her fingers and falling knives can also be an issue. Barefoot and cooking, not a good combination. Let me tell you a little story. I had a friend who was a professional knife maker and he had a client visiting his establishment. Uh, his client was handling a very beautiful knife. Well, People pick up these these fine custom knives. They're very uh, gentle with the way they handle them. They're careful. They they don't want to get their fingerprints on the blades. And they say, "Oh my gosh, this is a beautiful piece." And they're they're barely holding the thing. Well, he lost control of it. He dropped it. And as he dropped it, he did the fumbling. Uh, I don't know what you call it, where you you flip your hands up trying to catch it. He had one hand after another trying to catch this thing because he didn't want it to fall, because he knew the value of the piece, and, and, you know, it's a natural reaction for a lot of people. Let's just catch that before it falls. Well, the knife flipped over in one of his grabs in the air, and the blade laid across the top and back of his thumb, and the cutting edge severed, cut into his, got cut into the top and back of his thumb, and it wasn't a seriously deep cut. However, that cut severed a nerve in his thumb, and this man lost the use of his thumb for the rest of his life. Can you imagine having a thumb that doesn't work the rest of your life because you simply let a knife fall on it? If a knife falls, you just get out of the way. Who cares if it falls on the floor? The main thing is your own safety is you just get out of the way. The thing is like a loaded weapon. How does one overcome a fear of knives or fear of losing a finger? You know, I'm not a psychologist. I can't tell you how to overcome that. Uh, I think familiarity with it as a tool probably would help. Knives don't scare you, obviously. What does scare Jay? Let me tell you a little story. When I was 17 years old, I was actually clearing land for a living in um, South Texas uh, on the Nietzsche's River. It's a very deep, fast-flowing old river. And around it, it's all uh, is a whole bunch of swamps. I had a little flat bottom, thin aluminum, kind of aluminum foil boat 
with a five horse engine on it and i'd go puttering around and i'd go fishing one day i was talking to a river rat one of the guys old guys who lived out there and he said hey have you he said you've been up to johnson lake and i said yeah i've been up there a lot i said i fished there a lot and he said well have you seen her and i said who and he said there is a 20 foot she alligator that lives on that lake mm. and i said what and he said, next time you go up there, he says, go in real quiet. He said, there's a big log sticking out of the water right at the mouth of the lake. And I said, I know that log. I fished around there. And he said, he said, uh, just go real slow and maybe you'll catch a glimpse of her. I went up there and I shut my engine off and I paddled my way in real slow. And all I saw was the base of her tail as she slithered into the water. And the base of her tail was over two feet wide. And how long did it take you to get the heck up out of there? I, I turned right around and left. I never went back. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's a real live monster alive in our time. And who knows how old she is. Oh, my god! To be out there in that little aluminum boat that does has no flotation and this monster that could probably swallow me whole. Wow. That's scary. That's something scary. Well, listen, you've helped us to allay a lot of fears about chopping one's fingers off in the kitchen, and we appreciate you for that. Jay Fisher, thank you so much. Be careful and don't cut anything, all right? Thank you, everybody, for listening to your weirdest fears. I want to know your fears, so share them, man. You could be featured in the podcast. Email us at yourweirdestfears at odyssey.com. You can also send it to us, of course, on social. Pull out your phone and tap the episode description, and you'll find all the ways you can send us what you are afraid of. If you're enjoying the show, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to us. And you can find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Your Weirdest Fears is a production of 1010 Wins and WCBS News Radio 880. Our special thanks to producers Jill Webb and Dempsey Pilat. Andy Egan Thorpe is over there. He's our audio engineer. Engineer. Femi Redwood is the managing producer of podcasts. Tim Shell is the WCBS News Radio 880 brand manager. And Ben Meverack is the 1010 Wins brand manager. And I, I'm Larry Mullins, your host. Thanks for listening. <laughs>